0: The Toronto Blue Jays are officially back in a playoff spot. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 131 of Buds and Blue Jays. This is your place for all things related to the Toronto Blue Jays. I'm Jesse Burrell. That's Riley McConnell. And today on our show, we've got a lot to talk about. The Blue Jays continue their trip against team subpar teams. And although we're winning series, we're still not getting the sweeps and the results we want after taking two out of three against the lowly Oakland Athletics. We're going to touch on that, what this means as the calendar gets deeper into September. Are the Blue Jays officially going to be a playoff? team. And then we have thoughts on the player performances as well, including Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Chris Bassett, the boys from Buffalo are up and at it, and so much more in this episode. But before we dive in deep to it, remember, our show is free. We're available on all platforms. So if you're watching us on YouTube, like the video, subscribe to the channel, and all that fun stuff, and stick with us as we get through the stretch run into the playoffs, Riley. With all that being said, Riley, how are we feeling now after the series against Oakland?
1: Jesse, this is on paper. It's a sweep every time. I feel like mm-hmm. you look at who they brought on the rubber uh, Medina, who came back from the Yankees. Same with that while guy. And um, the other guy was a J- trade piece JP JPC, JPC Sears. so three guys that kind of were in the last two years when they were doing that dumpster fire, they held their own, man. I will give them that. We did not muster up a ton in game three. Um, And we took advantage of weak bullpen in game two. And then of course, like the blue Jays have done this year, they give us a little flair for the dramatics game one. We go into extras. We took care of business, but it also wasn't without like a little bit of drama. There was a two run home run. We still, we at that point had a three run lead. We rallied uh, great in extras. And, um, you know, it was a little bit of a flare for the dramatics. We ended up closing out, winning game one, won a seven-one ball game. Game two, and then Jesse today, we just couldn't get the job done. Uh yeah, like you said, Texas lost. We're still in a playoff spot, so I'm feeling good. But dude, the schedule here and the next week is going to get real tough. So we have to basically, um. Figure it out. I mean, we kind of know who we're going to probably be rolling with for the rest of the year. And I want to see the guys that should be playing every day, play every day.
0: I'm with you on that, Riley. I want to run some math to you. Um, The blue Jays playoff odds last episode we did. They were around 38% to make the playoffs. They're now over the 65 ish range on the playoff odds. So Vegas, thinks The blue Jays should be one of these playoff teams. We will see. And at the start of the road trip, Riley, when the Blue Jays were playing these weaker teams, the Colorados, the Oakland, and soon-to-be Kansas City, you said the Blue Jays need to go 9-3 and in these games. Anything less than that is unacceptable. Well, we've gone through those three series, and we have our three losses. We've gone two wins, one loss in all three of these series. So against Kansas City, Riley, it's got to be a sweep, right? Like, we have to sweep them?
1: Yeah, I mean, hey, um... I, I totally think that we should be able to I thought we should have we should have and could have swept both the Rockies and the Athletics, but that's not how it came down in um in the in game two of the Rockies series and then in game three today. We didn't uh well I can't say we didn't close it out. We never had a solid lead or anything like that. But Jesse, I mean, for how competitive this American League wild card is, I mean, I would feel I mean, I'm not going to feel comfortable unless we sweep the Royals because God knows how the Rangers, the Mariners, the Astros, those teams are going to be in the next five to seven days. I mean, those are three teams right there that can go on an eight game win streak almost just like that. I know they got stiff competition, too, but they're good ball clubs. We haven't been able to put a huge string of wins together. I mean, hey consecutively whatever i mean i would love to sweep the royals that would really look good on us man and i think yeah nine and three that puts us where we need to be it sets us up to play these harder teams these divisional matchups that's eventually going to put us into the postseason
0: Hey, Riley, I agree with you here. I want to give you some math because uh, it wouldn't be a Buds and Blue Jays episode with a little bit of math going to you. Looking at the schedule, Riley, after the series against Kansas City, the Jays play four against Texas, which might be. No, I won't even say might be. It's the biggest series of this season. Those four games between the 11th through the 14th. Get to Rogers Center, cheer on the Blue Jays. They need you. But then after that, we have three against the Red Sox, and then we have two separate series against the Yankees and Rays, once at home, once on the road. If the Blue Jays win all these series two games to one and then split the series against Texas, the Blue Jays will finish with a record of 91 and 71, which is 91 wins. Is that good enough to get us into the wild card race? I think so, but it's going to be close. And in order for the Blue Jays to do that, Riley, that means they need to play the rest of the season at a 99 win pace with what you've seen from this team in Oakland and in Colorado. Are you confident the Blue Jays can do that?
1: I've, oh, oh, Jesse, you, split, you spit those numbers at me, and you say it like that, and I'm going to say, no, we're going to have to play better ball than what we've yeah. been doing. To it's going to be, be hard in, to do. Like, you look – baseball is 162 games, man. You're going to have hot times. You're going to have cold times. But, I mean – we just simply have to play better ball, whatever is going to get us into the postseason. And if those numbers are true to the fact for sometimes, you know, that's how baseball works. They're not. Sometimes there's a little bit of luck. But if we're just going totally and being like, you know, mathematicians here on this one and nothing else, no luck matters, then no, we're not good enough to get into the postseason.
0: And that's what's going to suck here. The Blue Jays need something to go right. We either need the Rangers to keep going through a free fall or something. But the Blue Jays simply need to be playing better baseball than they have right now if we're going to be playing in October. Um, Riley, I guess before we get into the player performance, I guess you kind of already answered it. But true or false, the Blue Jays will be playing in October this year.
1: Uh, I, I still believe deep down that we will be playing October baseball, but a lot still needs to go our way. Not from our side, from our side, whatever, we'll take care of ourselves, but other teams got to drop some close games too, that are, that are in this uh, wild card race.
0: Just think those three teams, Seattle, Houston, and Texas are going to be beating up on each other, but the downside is all of them get to play Oakland again. So I don't know. We'll see how it goes. I'm with you, Riley. I believe that the Blue Jays can get there. It's just I really want to see this team start to hit its stride and hit its stride soon. Um, With that being said, Riley, let's get into this series that was against the Oakland A's and let's start talking about some of the notable player performances. I don't know about you, Riley, but the player that caught my attention the most this series in Oakland was the performance that Chris Bassett put together in game two. He went eight shutout innings in a revenge game, I'd say, back at the Oakland uh, Coliseum. Eight innings pitch, seven hits, one earned run, seven strikeouts, no walks on his 97 pitches. We did allow quite a bit of hard contact, but for the most part, they found gloves. Chris Bassett. That's his second start in a row now, where he's gone eight innings. Um, he has just been phenomenal. He's had his blowups this year, but like he is now second in the American League in uh, quality starts, behind only Garrett Cole of the Yankees. I think you mentioned pre-show here that he's best in the American League in wins, which I don't care about pitcher wins, but hey, you got to be doing something right if your team is able to get some wins behind you, and so. Chris Bassett is really putting it together when it matters most. And uh, he gets our official thumbs up. Oh, plus two Riley. He got the bullpen to rest after a dramatic series in Colorado an extra innings game in game one, Chris Bassett able to go eight innings to give the bullpen a bit of a break is going to do good things for this team going forward.
1: I think it was totally on the menu for Chris Bassett mm-hmm. to go deep into this ball game. Jesse, he did everything he could in this one and yeah, gave up uh, the one blemish on his line. But other than that, I thought Bassett was great. Sub 100 pitches. He's been an absolute workhorse this year for us. Um, and I and I did ch- check his um, his stat pages, his baseball reference, you know, compared it. This guy didn't come up as a spring chicken. This guy was a late bloomer with Oakland um, and obviously last year with the New York Mets. Comparing and looking at his season with the Mets last year, easily his best season was with the New York Mets last year. And I think that this season is going to look a lot better um, when everything's said and done. He's already, he's going to surpass an innings pitch here within, I think two starts, uh, yep. especially
0: well
1: especially when he puts in eight innings. I mean, that's going to, that's going to get the job done, man. And um, obviously shut down, he, sh- he shut down a weak club, but he did what he had to do because if that goes any other way, then yeah, you're not going to use Bowden Francis for one inning of work. You're going to use the bullpen again. And I, I know that he did give up some hard contact. Yes, they found gloves, but I... I still feel like as far as a pitch to contact guy goes with the, uh, with the outfield and infield, he has the defense behind him. I feel like Chris Bassett's just, Hey, I was stoked when we signed this guy, man. I mean, he is exactly the type of pitcher that's going to do well with the Toronto Blue Jays, especially with the, um, with the impact pieces he has behind him. Hey, quality start eight innings, sub 100 pitches. He did, He did everything right in this one-earned run, run, whatever.
0: First thumbs up. What good pitchers are supposed to do against bad matchups. And the way Chris Bassett pitches, like the way he mixes everything up, can just absolutely fool hitters sometimes. Um, Riley, let's talk about the little youth movement that the Blue Jays have going on here. It's wild that we are playing in these competitive games in September. And our lineup is featuring regulars like Davis Schneider, Spencer Horowitz, Ernie Clement. Even Mason McCoy has got into the field a little bit here. Let's talk about the Buffalo boys because all of them have done quite well. Um, David Schneider has just continued his torrid streak. We've talked about him every single episode. He hit another home run in this series on an 0-2 pitch on a high fastball late into this game. His OPS is now the best in 15 games through Blue Jays history for a player's first things. Nothing else more to add. He is great to get him in the lineup every day. Uh, Spencer Horowitz. We didn't really touch on it after the Colorado series, but I think I really like this kid. I like what he can do. I think his swing, Riley, is just beautiful. I hate his stance. Love his swing. The way he comes through the zone and really attacks the baseball. He took a few pitches on the outside part of the plate, drove him the other way. And Ernie Clement, Riley, you touched about it. I know you like his defense. He has made some slick plays. Um, I've been mostly impressed with the bat so far. He's had really good bat-to-ball skills from Ernie Clement, and John Schneider's been putting him seventh in the order for these last few days, and he kind of looks like he is just a guy who belongs. So out of the Buffalo boys, Riley Schneider, all these guys, what's your takeaway?
1: Oh, man, exciting players to watch. Obviously, I've known about Clement for a while. I never had him stocked. You know, he's not a 23-year-old prospect that he's, you know, in his later mid-20s uh, but the, he out of any of them we, I, I've talked about Schneider extensively of course mm-hmm. he's the only Blue jay in, in this series to hit a home run go figure and also just missed uh, hit a, a wall scraping double uh, that's how good Davis Schneider is I won't take up five minutes of your time to talk about him I'll take a shorter amount of time to say how much Ernie Clement has impressed me so slick defensively love those quick hands he's a great middle infield type guy he's got the wheels and Man, what is it with the Blue Jays putting bat on the ball? I think at one point, I don't know if he still is. At one point, he was batting over 500 for us, man. Like, and that's just a matter of putting bad on the ball. Ernie Clement, if he's in the lineup, he's doing things for us, man. He drove in a run in the losing effort today, too. Like, he's hes a guy who's put bad on ball. He's, he's collected his hits. He's played good defensively. And... I mean, I'm sure if he needed to be aggressive enough on the base pass, he's got the foot speed that he can do, you know, some of the more riskier moves. I'm not saying go out and steal a ton of bases, but I'm saying he could probably take the extra first to third uh, on a hit ball hit to right field. He's an advantage player for us. He's a good tool. And yeah, I like Horowitz too. And, um, I really do. And you know, sadly, like Heinemann, he had two walks in, um, in the game today. He does he's only up here, you know, because we got sad news later in the episode, of course. But hey, if he does that in his two plate appearances, that's a that's a thousand on base percentage. I don't know how much time we're actually gonna see. This could be a heavy, heavy workload for Alejandro Kirk for the rest of the year. But as far as guys like Clement Horowitz and Davis Schneider, I mean one of them might sit out of the lineup. Um, hopefully not Davis Schneider, but you're going to see those guys in rotation being platooned a lot for the rest of this year.
0: Yeah. I was just going to ask that question. Boba Shett is scheduled to be back. If not Friday, it will be Saturday against the Kansas city Royals. Boba Shett's going to take his spot back at shortstop, which means Ernie Clement is likely going to the bench here. And then you have to choose Santiago Espinal. Riley has actually been pretty good this past series a lot of hits he had a couple doubles he's really been attacking the fastball and the blue jays haven't quit on espinal yet so i don't know if they will there is a chance ernie clement gets sent back down when boba and i guess when matt chapman comes back as well um and then my thought is when brandon belt recovers from his little stomach bug that he's got going on i'm assuming brandon belt goes right back into the lineup what do you do with spencer horowitz at this point like what do you do with these guys when the blue jays get healthy
1: I mean, I feel like I feel like Espinal has hit really well. There's no way we're gonna send it. It seems that's impossible to happen. Espinal's not gonna send down, but he's played well. Mm-hmm. Um, we need a catcher, so it's not gonna be Hyman. Um, I think the odd man out is probably Spencer Horowitz. That's my thought. You know, it could be Clement, but I really like the grind that he's put on in his. Um, and you know, basically how he's played since he came up with us. Yeah.
0: Ma- Ma- Mason McCoy is the real answer. Oh, yeah. Down. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Sorry. Bypass. I guess we were forgetting the guy the guys from Buffalo. He's also got the least amount of playing time out of the, you know, the four guys there. So not a surprise. Um, he has basically the kind of the same position comps is clement anyways um you know maybe a little more versatile in the field than schneider um some good speed yes the power is there but not proven yet at the major league level really um so it'll be him but i mean davis schneider is here to stay unless he goes on a very stale run next year he will Cease to be sent down and as far as ernie clement goes he's my type of ball player i think he has proven that he deserves a spot even if it is just you know a bench player he deserves to be here right now
0: yeah and then i want to talk about two other guys on the roster that um that might affect this and that's Kevin biggio and whit merrifield who are essentially Not really playing for the same role, but they kind of are. Whit Merrifield's been in a little bit of a funk lately, Riley. He has won for his last 15, and um, he hasn't really looked that good, to be honest. His uh, WRC Plus is now just a complete 100 on the season, and John Schneider still has Whit Merrifield hitting fourth in this lineup. I think it's time to change that. And on the other side, Kevin Biggio, Riley, has really stepped up. In fact, John Schneider started him twice in the series against left-handed pitchers, and he's actually hit. Against the left handed pitchers, which is wild to see, but a testament to show you how good Kevin Biggio has been lately. He had a hit in game three today, too, which I thought was going to start a rally before replaced in a double play. So, are we seeing the end of Whit Merrifield as an everyday player and being overtaken by Kevin Biggio or some of these other players here? Or what's your take on this?
1: I mean, Whit Merrifield for a while was probably one of the hottest hitters in baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like to run guys running with the torch right now. It's Cavan's turn. I mean, he has not, like, really proven himself that much since his rookie campaign. And I'm not saying that, you know, he's. this is a small sample size. I mean, he had, he had a two-hit game, and he was, I think, on board. He had a three-walk game. So that's something Kevin's supposed to be able to to do as well but he was on base a ton and Jesse man I know I told you this and it's something that impresses me I love a lefty that can hit a lefty Mm -hmm. because it's something in baseball you don't see a lot I know that we're talking about Oakland and one of them was off one of the starting left-handed pitchers the other was off a relief pitcher so I mean take it with a grain of salt but he's hitting against the opposite hand and he's hitting the ball hard um, I mean, Jesse, I really like what I've seen at a cabin. If Witt's not the guy right now, I mean, I don't. I think it's. I think it was ridiculous that he's batting that high right now when you have the guys in the lineup that we do right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just looking at. I'm just kind of looking at the player lines. I mean, well, that's a sacrifice. For wit, I mean, he did nothing for damage in the seven to one victory. He was shut out, uh, he was shut out in the loss. And then game one, where he was hitting behind Horowitz, he did collect a walk. I mean, that's sure. kind of not good enough for wit. And I mean, he, if if Whit Merrifield's batting fourth, you need a really good reason to bat him fourth. I liked him at the top of the lineup when he was doing really good things, he's not doing those really good things right now. Get our guy Calvin Biggio in. He's playing some very good ball and he deserves to be an every other day, every other day kind of guy.
0: I agree, Riley, very much. It is very important. Look, we are all systems go. I understand that if you feed out your best nine players, what Maryfield is probably one of those best nine, but I don't think he's one of your best nine right now. And we need to have the guys who are putting it up right now in the lineup. Speaking of guys who are not really putting it up right now, Riley, let's touch on Vladimir Guerrero Jr. a little bit. We've talked about his season a lot over the course of the year, how it's interesting. You look under the hood, some of the exit velocity numbers are all still there, and on paper, he looks like he's still the guy who he was last year, or the guy he was close to in his MVP season, but Riley, his his fangraphs WAR is 0.4. There are only 16 qualified hitters that are lower than that on the team. He's also hit into 46 double plays since the start of last season, Riley, the most in the majors. In fact, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. has hit into more double plays before the age of 25 than any other player in major league history. Wow. But I will. Yeah. That's what I said when I saw that. Too. Wow. The ground outs are a real problem with him, but he hits the ball so hard that when he hits it right out of infielder, it's tailor made. So you kind of take, the trade-off with Vladimir Guerrero Jr. too. We've talked about the swing decisions. Sometimes they look better. He hit a fastball in Colorado to his pull side, which I'd love to see. And then he proceeded. He had an at bat in this series where he's just waving at pitches in the other batter's box. So, what's your take here on Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Riley? How's it going to turn out?
1: I mean, for for one, we're talking about a guy who's supposed to be, and we've seen him be a premier run producer in this game. I mean, we saw that in his runner-up MVP season. I mean, we've seen him do that before, so it's frustrating that we see this kind of Vladi. The double play numbers don't don't get me wrong. I mean, I think Reggie Jackson has the most strikeouts in major league history and he's he's got over 500 home runs. Mm-hmm. I like there's a trade-off somewhere but this year for the lack of offense Vladdy has put up the swing decisions, like it's okay. Like it's kind of, you got to ask yourself, Jesse, and there's no right or wrong answer, but where's the trade-off? It's certainly not just over 20 home runs. It's certainly not um, a below one wins above replacement. Like, I mean we're talking about Vladimir Guerrero Jr. here we know what he can do. He just hasn't he hasn't come close to that bar. Everyone in their grandma who watches the Toronto Blue Jays and has paid attention since the COVID shortened season has had their eye on Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and everyone has set their bar. No one every wherever you set your bar there's no way that he has reached that bar. You could have set your mm-hmm. standards low, but I can guarantee you that he has failed those expectations still. I mean, it's just, it's not abysmal. He's still he's still a great defensive first baseman. He had a he had a play. T- t- um, I don't know which game it was, but it made me want to rip my hair out. If he didn't throw that runner out at third um, <laughs> when there's a ground ball hitting first, I mean, hey, good heads up play to get the lead runner. Great defender. He doesn't make that play and I might throw the remote through the television kind of stuff. But, I mean, you know, good defensively. He's um, he's sneaky okay on the base pass, except for the fact that he doesn't run anything out. That's yeah. a whole other yeah. topic. Let's, That's let's,
0: a- No, let's get into that a little bit. Because okay. he did it okay. here in the Oakland series. He hit a fly ball to the wall, and he stands there and just admires it, and he watches it. It didn't go out. He had one in Colorado too, Riley, where he hit one and thought it should be gone. It didn't go out. That's been the story of Vladimir Guerrero's season all year. Hits the ball hard, just doesn't go as far as you think it does. Which is something I want to dive into the off season to figure out why that's happening, but we'll worry about that then. But a couple of times he's just stand there and pimped it, and we saw this is back in the Colorado series, but we saw John Schneider publicly talk to Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And I guarantee you, this was not the only time they've had this conversation. We are in September. Like, I understand if you are winning seven to one, you're you're down seven to one. Okay, just jog it out a little bit. It's a one run game. It is late. Your season is literally on the line. That's when you want to see these players put up the effort. And when you see stuff like that, Riley, the stuff you can control. That's what drives me nuts. And I think we saw some of that from Vladimir Guerrero Jr. here.
1: I mean, then with, like, Jesse, on that note, man, we then we start to get into the mindset of a ball player and the character clause of what makes certain ball players the way they are. If I'm to set, like, the top of the bar, a Shohei Otani might be um, the A-plus tier of baseball personalities. I mean, and then on the bottom... I'm just uh, probably going to take from around the league. A lot of the people around the league would say a Tim Anderson, or maybe a Manny Machado <laughs> on the bottom for character sure. clause. Sure, yeah. Hey, that's, that's just what I hear from, 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 you know, probably teams around the league. But where would you put Vladimir Guerrero Jr.? I mean, he's not, a, he's not a violent or yippy person, really. But that's not, I mean, not running balls out. It's not being a good teammate in a lot of ways. It's being mm-hmm. selfish. You know, yeah, it looks cool when you pimp a home run. But you know what else is cool, Jesse, is lagging those balls out and end up being able to score the winning run for your team because the guy in the on deck circle or in the whole drives you in because you ran out of ball, um, yeah. that, that got down. So, I mean, he's got, I mean, he has so much, he has for a guy who has already proven himself in this league, Jesse, he has so much more to prove it's just it's it's almost a paradox right now with Vladimir Guerrero Jr in this season he's having man because you just you just would have thought there'd be so much more
0: yeah and these guys are coming up from buffalo Spitzer Horowitz, david schneider they're running hard they're doing all the right things right maybe vladimir guerrero jr just needs some pressure i don't know what it is but uh he needs something and that needs to change because if he's going out at all out the blue jays are more likely going to go all out which is exactly what we need right now Riley, before we get into some other minor news and notes, um, we got to talk, I guess, the Danny Jansen injury here. And this is bad. This happened against the Colorado uh, series, but he has got a finger injury, Riley. And I looked this up most of the time for this type of injury. The Blue Jays haven't confirmed this yet, but it does seem like it's going to be about six to eight weeks for Danny Jansen, which if you're just doing the math, we've only got about four weeks left of September, which means if Danny Jansen's coming back this year, the Blue Jays will have to be in the World Series. And Danny Jansen did joke about that. He said, um, hey, maybe I'll just come back and be World Series MVP. And if that happens, that'll be a great story. Because one, the Blue Jays are World Series winner. And two, Danny Jansen is healthy and having a good part. Um, you heard Taylor Heineman was called up as a mistake. It seems like Alejandro Kirk is going to get the bulk of the appearances at starting catcher now. What are the other fallouts from the
1: Jansen injury here? Well, first of all, I'm ticked, man. I if you've been listening to this pod, if you've been watching buds and Blue Jays, man, like I, I'm an advocate for you know get Danny Jansen a full time job in the major leagues. At this point, uh, I feel so bad, man. He goes on these cold spells. He gets red hot to yep. the point where to the point where I've heard non Blue Jays related. The channels account say that he's one of the best hitters in baseball compare him to a Mike Trout for instance this I don't know if this was last year or whenever but when he's good he's great the guy again will never he's not gonna pat his stats this year again and he's had his best offensive season and the amount of games doesn't even you know it doesn't even amount to what he should be playing and it sucks I'm not saying that Heinemann's not a good catcher, but he certainly know Danny Jansen. You can't replace a bat like that, man. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's just, it's not devastating. I, I do trust Kirk. I think that he had a pretty good series. Um, but I mean, he just like the power and the speed aspect isn't there. I mean, defensively Kirk really uh, had a great series behind the plate, actually he made some good frames, But we're still we're still looking at Danny Jansen. I'm looking at Danny Jansen as one of the elite hitting catchers in this league, maybe not in the average departments, but certainly for the power. He's he's got a lot of unique tools and he is on his own kind of level when it comes to what he does behind the plate and what he does at the plate. So dude, it's a tough loss if he comes back in this world. And if he's miraculously is the World Series MVP. Honestly, wouldn't surprise me if you're gonna talk about clutch ball players, Danny Jansen is a clutch guy. So let's let's get there so Danny Jansen can, you know, take us the rest of the way, I guess.
0: Yeah. In the meantime, Alejandro Kirk is going to have to show us something with the bat. He has been good the past two weeks, so I will give him that. He has been driving the ball with a little bit more authority. We're going to need that because we can't have a zero offensively out of the catcher spot in the lineup. So we need Alejandro Kirk to... Hey, it's now or never, Alejandro Kirk. This is the time to do so. Riley, the other two pitchers in this uh, series, if there was anything you wanted to touch on them, Jose Barrios, six innings pitch, four hits, two earned runs, one walk, seven strikeouts, 84 pitches, had four hard hit balls against him. And Hanjin Ryu, five innings pitch, five hits, two earned runs, one walk, five case, 77 pitches, six hard hits against him. Did you have a thought about either two of their performances against Oakland?
1: Yeah, I just kind of scratched my head at, at Barrios because, yeah, four hits... And three of them go out. He made a hell of a pickoff move that probably, I don't know if it wins us the ball game, but if he doesn't pick off the runner, the next guy, Noda hits a home run. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, if you do them, if you do your math, like that's another run in the box score that probably doesn't get us to extra innings. I don't know, but three home runs given up, man. And one of them was close. I think probably two of them were no doubters. That's just a, Trend with Jose Brios. Yep. That is simply what you get with him. As far as Jin Ryu goes, I mean, it's definitely not a stinky outing for him. Five innings pitch and only two earned runs. Like, uh, he's he's got a really crafty delivery, obviously. It's funny, you know, Jin Ryu was gone for so long that you forget kind of how uniquely he pitches. But mm-hmm. it's like Oakland has never seen a guy that throws as soft as he does and he gets him So there is, I don't know how many strikes uh, that uh, Ryu got called that were in the zone. They were strikes, but that were got the the Oakland hitters got caught looking at man. Mm -hmm. And they were not being overpowered, man. It was just the way he pitches is great. Um, I won't even say he's going to bounce back his next start. I'd like to see him go six innings. You know, he ran into a little bit of trouble that's the way it happens sometimes I mean he's still he's still very aged I'm sure he's you know as healed as he is whether he's going to be back to prime Hunjin Ryu is so yet to be determined because we're still dealing with a small sample size this season
0: yeah um, five and dive seems to be the plan for Hunjin Ryu kind of what they had for Yusei Kikuchi at the first half of this season Jose Barrios Riley has given up two home runs in four of his last five starts so that's 10 home runs allowed in his last five starts. Not ideal for Jose Barrios. His ERA has jumped um, from 338 up to 368 in that span. Um, So not what you want to see as we get to the playoffs for Jose Barrios. I still think Barrios and Ryu are our four and five starters. I think Bassett, Kikuchi, and Gosman are almost clearly ahead of these guys here. Um, Anything else you want to add on the starters before we move on to some news and notes?
1: Yeah, um, I think you know next start Jose Brios. He is one strikeout off of twelve hundred. It appears. Oh, nice. oh uh, uh, no, no, not one. Not one. He he'll get to twelve hundred next season. That's a math there. Let's just skip what I said there. <laughs> Um, I would like to, I would, I wish, I wish he was at 1500, but that's just simply is not happening. Let's uh, move off the starters and on to the next.
0: All right. I'm just going to fire through these news and notes, Riley. Feel free to touch on any of them. If they catch your attention, um, Chad green is back. He came back for the Rockies series. He got blown up in his first start, but then seemed to pitch better after uh, coming back. He was good in Colorado. He was fine here in this one. Uh, David Schneider was the only Toronto Blue Jay to hit a home run in this series here. And uh, some injury updates. Bo Bichette, as said earlier in the episode, is likely to be back this weekend against Kansas City. Matt Chapman is still having some trouble. He still can't close his fist properly and still can't close a bat. Still might be some time before we see Matt Chapman. As mentioned, Danny Jansen is likely done for the year. Taylor Heinemann was up in his place. Uh, Brandon Belt left the first game due to back tightness. And then it was later found out that he has a stomach virus and he literally has the shits for Brandon Pelt. So tough to play baseball when um, that's happening to you. Um, Salem field and Buffalo caught on fire. And so have the Buffalo Bisons. As before losing a game today, the Buffalo Bisons had won eight games in a row. There seems to be good things happening down in AAA. And then two more things, Riley. One, Bowden Francis looked good. I think he is turning into a trusting reliever. I'd be curious to see what the Blue Jays do with him next spring training. And Genesis Cabrera finally allowed his first run as a Blue Jay. I think he did that in Colorado, but he also happened again here in this series. So, Riley, any takeaways or thoughts on all of that?
1: Honestly, just the only takeaway, Jesse, and it's because we've been so fortunate up to this point in the year, the past little while, man, as we've had s- such a good run, you know, with with staying healthy, our players staying healthy, knock on wood, this is kind of where we're at right now, but I mean, uh, Bell will be back soon, um, whatever Chapman's dealing with, there are guys to fill his role, um, honestly, for right now. I don't know what the situation with Matt Chapman is as far as where he's going to play next year, so it's almost fine. I'm fine. Listen, I love Matt Chapman. He's my favorite player in the MLB. But we're talking about winning ball games right now, and he's not on the field. So I'm going to look at other players that can potentially fill that role as the third baseman. And uh, Davis Schneider rocks. That's yep. just another, like he is, he is a fantastic ball player, a grit grind type of guy that gets the job done, man. And I know there was more injuries, uh, Boba not going to have 200 hits this year, robbed because of stupid injuries, but it's not like a video game. We can't turn those things off. Jesse. It'd be
0: great if we did, but we said that coming into the year this year, we're like, look, the blue Jays have been actually pretty healthy. If you look at the rotation, Riley, I know this is kind of late in the episode to mention this, but we've used seven starters this year and that's been it. Our five guys that are in the rotation now, Alec Manoa, and then we started Trevor Richards for three games. So I don't even know if you want to count it for the bullpen day. That's it. That's all we've used for our starting rotation. So we have, I guess, kind of stayed healthy, at least on the pitching side in a way. Um, That'll do it for episode here today though. I have nothing else to add. I was going to look up some stuff for episode 131 for a favorite like for a stats and stuff, but Fangraphs seems to not be working for me right now, so we will get the war leaderboards and stuff for the next episode, Riley. Was there anything else you wanted to say before we get this series going against Kansas City?
1: Uh, I'll just make one up. 131. The <laughs> amount of strikeouts that Sean Green had in his first full season for the Toronto Blue Jays.
0: Sure. Sounds, sounds good. We'll buy
1: that. Do not, do not look that up. I don't even know if Sean Green struck out that many times. Remember, Blue Jays fans, Sean Green was really one of our first homegrown superstars in the 90s. I mean, I know we had guys like George Bell and things like that. But, Jesse, I don't have much to add, man. Bassey was going to come on here. Um, he didn't. That's fine. Friend of the show, Isaac Bass, leaves and lads with his KC jersey on. I hope it I was hoping it would have brought us good luck that he wore it. So we'd end up sweeping them because, Jesse, I would love a sweep because, dude, man, Texas for four games and, and then another series that escapes me. I think the Red Sox, but Red the Sox Yankees next, yeah. and the, the, the Rays and the Yankees home and home, man, that's crazy. Um, Jesse and I will be absolutely just if, if it's getting crunch time this this, this is going to be some pretty crazy episodes on here there will be i wouldn't be surprised if things got thrown on screen <laughs> if, if, if you know when things get down to the wire man because things are already getting down to the wire man i mean it's just about midnight uh wednesday september 6th um so like still a little bit of ball left to play. But when I say a little bit, there's just a little bit of ball left to play, man. We need to play like that 99 win team. That's Mm. somewhere in there. That's not a statement. That's a question that's somewhere in there. So I don't know, man, let's just see what happens. We'll be back after the KC Toronto series and hopefully bring you guys some good news.
0: It's put up or shut up time. Let's get that sweet, baby. Until then, we'll see you on Sunday night.
1: Thanks, guys.